Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Coming up on NBA Today, just like he said on our show, it's his year to win it. John Morant continued his MVP-like start to the season. Hear what KD had to say about Ja. Plus, Zion has been ruled out for tonight's game against Luka and the Mavs. We have a live report from New Orleans on what we can expect and when we can expect him back on the court. And the reigning champs, they visit the desert tonight. So we take a look back at the best moments from Steph Curry and Chris Paul throughout the years. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. She's Chanae Agumake. He is Matt Barnes, and I am Malika Andrews. The stars, they were out last night in Memphis. So let's go to the highlight and see exactly how it went down. John Morant and the Grizzlies, they're hosting the Nets in this one. Let's go ahead to the first quarter, Chanae. This match off the Nets turnover. Mm. It's it's crazy. In one game, in two games, in three games, he gives you enough highlights for an entire season. Oh, yeah. Another Nets turnover here, Matt, but this time it's Chias Jones who feeds it up. Look at the left. I mean, he's a guard. He's a point guard. Like, what is going on right here? I mean, this man is on a mission. Uh, he, you can tell he's put the work in, and it's going to be a scary season. 24 points in the first half alone. It was all Desmond Bain and Kevin Durant, though, in the third. So let's go ahead there now. Bain had 19 points in the third on seven of nine shooting, including four of five from three. And I love how after the game he said that, hey, I'm working on my assist so that I can sort of lessen the load for John Morant. But, boy, he showed up. I think Big Perk called it. Yeah. Absolutely. Durant had 17 points, though, in this quarter. Ooh, 7 of 8 shooting. Range. He would finish with 37 points. Bain, though, he kept it going in the fourth quarter. So let's go ahead to 5.30 left to play. The Grizzlies are up 6 here. Desmond Bain. Just sidestep, dribble, uh, knockdown. And knock one thing step. to keep in mind, he does it on both sides of the ball, which I love, too. Well, and then on the other side, though, Kyrie Irving in Anything his Anything you can do, I can do <laughs> as well. Better. <laughs> Better. better. It's okay. Better it's all right in this case today. It's okay. Right. I don't know. I was trying to end. give deference to Ja. You know, you on, know the other on this end. night. Yeah. Friendly With the off the glass. Once again, Kyrie Irving. Best ball handler we've probably ever seen. Ooh, got him. Got a jump. Oh. Kyrie, 21 points in the fourth. He finished with 37. Oof. So here we go. Three minutes left to play. Bain thought pass. twice about it. Big shot. Beautiful touch pass. One of them nights for him. Bain had 13 points in the fourth. He finished with 38. But here, under a minute to play. Grizzlies up seven. Morant lets the shot clock wind down. Buries the dagger. 38 (laughs) points. If he's doing this, he's shooting six feet behind the three-point line with everything else he has in this game. Look out. 
The Grizzlies, they win at 134-124. And take a look at the offensive output here. Career high, 38 for Desmond Bain. Ja had 38-2, which means he's averaging over 35 this season. Durant and Irving, they each had 37. It's actually the sixth time they've combined for 70-plus points in the regular season as teammates. Some bad news there. The Nets are actually 1-5 in those games. This was, though, the first time that two sets of teammates each scored 35 or more since the highest-scoring game in NBA history. It was between the Pistons and the Mavs. Isaiah Thomas and Kiki Vandeweghe headlined that triple OT game that finished with a score of 186-184. to Here's Kevin Durant on jaw after last night's game. He's the most marketable guy in our league, the face of our league going forward. So many kids are inspired by what he does. You just think he's a new face? Of the league? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of faces. We, we, you can tell, tell the, the changing of the, the errors in the league as time goes on. Last 10 years, in this next 15 years, you see the guys that are in the league right now that uh, are going to help push the game forward. And, you know, uh, that's really what it's all about. It's not one guy, two guys, three guys that, you know, shift or, ch- or changes the game. It's a, it's a group of us that do it. And Ja is definitely in that group for sure. Welcoming in Kendrick Perkins, who already had one switch about a week ago from Anthony Davis to John Morant as your MVP. But yeah. your, your, your pick is looking pretty good, Perk. How are you feeling watching this game last night? Oh, I feel great, and I'm not switching. And look, when you think about John, you think about what he's doing right now for the culture, okay, Malik? We know that he's box office. Mm. We know that he's must-see TV. We know that everybody wants to see him play, and he's lights, camera, action. We know he's going to light up the social media with his athletic ability and those spe- spectacular plays on both ends of the floor. But here's the thing, right? Let's go back to the culture side of things, right? And think about the Allen Iverson effect on the culture standpoint. What did we see last night in that game? We <laughs> saw nothing but stars. We mm. saw a money bag. Yo, we saw... uh uh. My new uh, rapper, Finesse Two Times, holding big lump sums of money. The crowd was electrified. We saw him doing the giddy. See, this is what the game needs right now. This is what the game needs. And we, we see them after the game. We see them dancing. The culture is there, which is great for the game of basketball. Along with, I'm not switching my pick no mm. more when it comes down to the MVP. He is my MVP candidate for this season. And listen, not only that. He's on the verge, right? I could tell. He's on a mission to lead the league, to lead the league in scoring this season. Because right now, I'm telling you, the man is unstoppable. Ten toes down with John Moran, but Perk, it's not just the highlight plays that Ja delivers. There was one play late in the game. I, th- I think it's imperative that we have Chanae and Matt break this down, please. So this was a mm-hmm. very rare play by John Morant that showed not only his basketball IQ, but also his internalization, a.k.a. he took that personally yep. from a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So re- let's run the play, Matt, and break this down because look at this. You never roll the ball no. at this scenario. This close. Four minutes left. Early. It's usually end of the quarter, end only, of the game. You only see CP doing this, but also he's a very heady player. He's well. waiting, and everyone, you know, everyone said it. He's baiting Ben Simmons because at this point he had five fouls. Yep. And he looked back at his coach and was like, okay, exposed himself. And mm-hmm. Ben, Ben yeah. really looked to try to make an aggressive play and fouled himself out was of the game. Was that a foul? But my whole issue with that is, like, why are you picking him up that high? I mean, if y'all want to, you know, go dig up a play, I think it was like my rookie year. Uh, we was in Philly. The you know, same situation happened like that. First Ben uh, in the first half. 
when I went to look at coach to get to play and he ran through the ball, got the steal and went to dunk. <laughs> so you knew about that before the game started? And you I knew it at that moment. Once I seen him, I was rolling the ball and I was at half. I looked at coach and I see him try to like, look like, oh yeah, so I knew I had him. He was gonna press up and I was just gonna force the you know, ref to make the call. I mean, obviously this is payback. He had a, you know, he remembered what happened last time, but if I'm Ben Simmons with five fouls on John Morant and the night he's having, I'm not picking him up that high, mm. period. Facts. And, you know, I was trying to get a ball to demonstrate this, and one of our helpers was going to toss me the ball. Oh, nice pass. Not as good as Richards the other day. Okay. But a lot of times when you have, you know, situations, it's blind spots as defenders yeah. that you try to get into. Right. Typically, you're in the post, and, like, you're getting double teamed, and then someone comes behind you to get yeah. the ball. It's never in the open court, right. and that, to me, was right. wild. It was almost a taunt. It was a taunt. Like, come get this if you want it, and you saw what happened when he went. A little bit that of a... Not really a foul. That Maybe it's another conversation. A little still. reverse. Deja vu. Tough. <laughs> let's, let's dive into Ben Simmons a little bit more, though, guys, because through three games, he's averaging just under six points. He's committed more fouls than shot attempts. He is distributing the ball well, though, dishing out seven assists per game. I want to bring in senior NBA writer Zach Lowe because I, I think we all understand Zach. It, it was going to take a little bit of time for Ben Simmons to get integrated on the offensive end. But defensively, what is concerning to you? Yeah, he looks a little bit rusty there too, which is to be expected after 16 months or whatever off. The first step is not as quick. And he's never been a rim protector, help defender on the back line in the style of Draymond Green, at least at that level, the way that people want to make that comparison. And look, we can focus on the assists, the free throws, all that stuff. The Nets offense is fine. They are dead last in defense mm. by a country mile right now. Opponents are rebounding almost 40% of their own misses. That's an offensive rebounding rate you cannot win with as the Brooklyn Nets. They are bleeding rebounds. They are bleeding points. And here's the bottom line. Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton, two non-shooters. Those lineups aren't even defending well. Those are supposed to be their best lineups. If they have to downsize and put Simmons at center, for offensive purposes, do they have a prayer defensively? Through three games, it's early. The evidence is not encouraging. Well, we get to see the Nets in tomorrow night's star-studded NBA doubleheader, which starts in Milwaukee at 7.30 Eastern with Kevin Durant and Kyrie and the Nets taking on Giannis and the Bucks. And then it's off to Mile High City for Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets hosting LeBron and the Lakers. Our coverage tips with NBA Countdown at 7 Eastern on ESPN and the app. We have some news today out of Russia. Brittany Griner's appeal was rejected by a Russian court. The ruling upheld her nine-year prison sentence, and the court also ruled that Griner's prison time will be recalculated so that it reflects what she has already served. So one day in pretrial detention will be counted as one and a half days in prison, and that means she will have to serve about eight years in jail. And after the ruling, United States Secretary of State Antony Blinken tweeted, today's denial of appeal for Brittany Griner is another Another failure of justice, compounding the injustice of her detention. Russia is wrongfully detaining Brittany, and nothing about her conviction or the denial of this appeal changes that. Securing her release is our priority. And for more on today's ruling and what's next for Brittany Griner, we welcome in ESPN investigative reporter TJ Quinn. TJ, thank you so much for your reporting throughout Brittany's entire case here. And you've long said that today's ruling, it was expected, but what does the rejection of her appeal actually mean for her? her potential return to the United States. 
it doesn't change a ton as, as far as the timeline. And her bigger concern right now is where she's going to be kept while she's in Russia. When she was sentenced on August 4th, they sentenced her to serve her term in a penal colony. Uh, a Moscow jail might not be any fun, but a penal colony is far worse and potentially dangerous for her. So while her appeal has played out, she's been able to stay in a Moscow jail, again, relatively safer compared to what she could face. Now the clock is starting to run on a transfer to that colony. Uh, her lawyers say it could take weeks, it could take months. There's a, there's a whole process to go through. The hope is that a negotiation, which is still how the U.S. expects her to come home, can be completed before she's actually sent to that colony. So, so given all of that, what does this mean for a timeline for her return to the U.S.? The hope has been that Russia has been waiting for the midterm elections on November 8th. As Secretary Blinken had said earlier, the, the U.S. made an offer in June, but they haven't gotten what they consider to be a good faith response. There's not an actual counter offer, officials have said to me and then have also said very recently. So what they're hoping is that Putin has been waiting until the election, not wanting to give President Biden any kind of victory for Democrats. Once that date has passed and the election is over, the U.S. hopes that Russia is going to engage in good faith on a trade. Mm. But the fact is, there's very little the U.S. can do. Brittany Griner, like the U.S. government, is essentially at the whim of Putin's justice system. TJ, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on NBA Today. The WNBA released a statement earlier saying today's decision, while unfortunate, was not unexpected and Brittany Griner remains wrongfully detained. We greatly appreciate the ongoing efforts of the administration and U.S. Department of State in leading the negotiations. It is time to bring this case to an end and bring BG home. Still to come on NBA Today, the 76ers, they got their first win of the season last night thanks to another prime James Harden performance. So is he back to all-star form? We discuss. Plus, can Luka and the Mavs beat the shorthanded Pelicans tonight in New Orleans? We have the latest on when we can expect Zion back. Also, hear from the Warriors ahead of their Western Conference clash against the Suns tonight. NBA Today will be back after the break. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. NBA Today is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. 
Welcome back to NBA Today. Zion Williamson has been ruled out of tonight's game against the Mavericks with a hip and lower back injury. And as you can see, Zion, he took a hard fall in Saturday's loss to the Jazz here. In three games this season, Williamson has averaged 22 points and close to seven rebounds per game. And with that, we bring in our Pelicans reporter, Andrew Lopez. Hey, Andrew. So yesterday when we chatted, Zion Williamson, he was listed as questionable. Why did the team downgrade him to out? It's another day of rest for him at this point. Uh, Zion was downgraded just a little bit after shoot-around. Obviously, they made the determination at that point that he was not going to be able to go. That's when Pelicans coach Willie Green said that they were going to try to make those evaluations. Sometimes that goes up until game time, but they felt that a, a day of rest was good because now Zion between Sunday and Friday will have five nights off before that game on Friday night uh, against the Suns on ESPN. So hopefully he will be able to come back for that game. So uh, a nice chunk of time here for Zion Williamson to rest. The Pelicans, though, they're also going to be without Brandon Ingram and Herb Jones. What's the latest on Ingram who's in those concussion protocols? Yeah, Brandon Ingram yesterday when we talked to Willie Green, uh, he said he was not yet in concussion protocol mm. they were still uh, at that moment was the word that willie green used they still had a couple of hours to place him in further evaluations uh showed that brandon did have a concussion so they were able to place him in so now he has to go through the return to play protocols before he is able to get back on the floor as for herb jones much like zion williamson there is uh optimism around the pelicans that he will be back for this upcoming three-game road trip so hopefully none of those three players will miss too much time but that they progress safely enough that they can fully return when it's appropriate Andrew Lopez, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on NBA Today. Tonight, it'll be the 12th time the Pelicans and Mavericks have played since 2019 when Zion was drafted. However, Doncic and Williamson, they've only faced each other twice during that time due to injuries. And Luka and the Mavs have come out on top of both of those games with Doncic averaging 38 points per game. And for more on this, I want to bring in our senior writer, Ramona Shelburne. So, Ramona, when, when Luka Doncic entered the season, he was the MVP favorite. Uh, after the, this, though, after some, what, what's standing out to you here? Well, you know, I was talking to Jason Kidd, his coach with the Dallas Mavericks, and he said one of the biggest things with Luka this year is that he's using his voice more. You hear more from Luka as a leader on this team. And it started to come out last year when they went to the Western Conference Finals, but it's really coming this year. And if you're going to be the MVP frontrunner, you can't just be a good player. You have to be a great leader. He's come in in great shape. There's some concern about how much basketball he played in the Eurobasket, but he looks fresh. And the Mavericks had a, a, a nice, easy opening schedule here. Just two games mm. to start the season. They come in with multiple rest days in between games, playing the Pelicans, who are obviously pretty banged up going into this one. So when, when you're looking at this game, are you expecting this, the Mavs, to continue where they've been heading this season? What is the ceiling for them? Well, the ceiling is is how, how much Luka can grow as a leader, but also the development of Christian Wood. He's mm. been excellent for them, but you see some defensive limitations. You see some issues at the free throw line. He's getting fouled a lot, but if he can be that second star for them, then Luke has got another running mate alongside him after Jalen Brunson left in free agency. But it really is all about Luka in Dallas, right? <laughs> right. It, can he stay healthy? Can he grow as a leader? Can he grow his game on and off the court? 
Jason Kidd says he's he's 23. Every time I bring this up to Jason, he says he's 23 years right. old still. He's still just growing. And when you finding your voice as a player happens over time. It doesn't happen when you're 19 usually. Sure. Very few players who can come into the league at that age and have something to say. Luke has grown into that. He's more comfortable. And, and I think it's just starting for him. So that's the Mavs and the Pelicans. Yeah. But the second game of tonight's TNT doubleheader is the defending champions Warriors. They are in Phoenix against the Suns. It's another opportunity to see two future Hall of Famers on the court together, including the playoffs. And this will be the 54th head-to-head meeting between Chris Paul and Steph Curry. And I'm thinking, what better way to showcase tonight's games? Get on in here, Matt to do a little top of the top of these legends in their head-to-head. Top of the top of Steph, top of the top of Chris Paul. Let's get it uh, oh, started. Oh, there I was. Good thing it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. Good thing it wasn't me. This has always been a fun battle. I mean, obviously, Chris being a little bit Queen. older, Steph was a new kid on the block, and he proved himself really early. Ugh. Oh, okay. Are we, are we trying to give him a little leeway, saying he stepped That's on That's all right. We're going to get – yeah, we're going to give him a little leeway, but don't worry. We're going to get some Chris Paul highlights oh, in yeah. here, too. But the next one is top step backs. So let's take a look at this here. Ooh. Chris Paul – ooh! See, I told you, we, we're equal here. It's equal opportunity. Yeah. A little retribution there. Yeah. Two great players. I mean, you love to see, see these guys battle. And and you know where he's going. It's like right to the mid-range is money. Mm. Uh-huh. Mm. Beautiful. Ooh, yeah. Got him. I think that view might be might be the most pain might be the most painful <laughs> to watch. All right, let's keep it pushing here. We have top shimmy. Oh, oh, that was a tough one because of how high uh, he had to bring the shot up. Yep, from the side. And <laughs> even Steph has to laugh at that for that one. It's like, you know what? It's all good. Yeah, no. It happens. It's always a great battle. I love how this Oh, JJ Watt. What's good, JJ? Yeah. See? You got it. Oh, there's a shimmy. You got that? You got a the shimmy? little shimmy in your oh, back? Yeah. Shimmy. There you go. Oh. That was tough. I just like how they represent two different types of point guards. They yeah. look equally great. Yeah. All right. Equally legendary. And the last one, I think we're going back to, what year was this? This is 20. Hey. Oh. Matt? Hey. <laughs> hey, oh, this is unbelievable. This is where Steve Kerr shook his head uh, right up until it went into the basket. <laughs> He was, was like, impressive. I can't, I can't believe, I can't believe this. But yeah. this is, this is what Steph Curry uh, does. Geez. Handle. Jeez, yeah. Look, look, just like, literally Why? right until it went into the basket. Oh, and he's like, you know what? I can't even be mad at it right. anymore. I can't even be mad. It's, it's like the poster play for what Steph does to bend defense. Well, he's crazy. revolutionized the game on all levels. And we get to incredible. see them go head to head once again tonight. I cannot wait for that one. Coming up, though, right here on NBA Today, the Portland Trailblazers, they are only team that is 4-0 in the league. So we have highlights of their historic third quarter that's next. Plus, we're also going to show some love to the rookies. Number one pick Paolo Bancaro joined a list of elite company last night. Do not miss that. And we just talked about him. Steph Curry, Chris Paul, they have had highlights worth of decades. We continue to break down that game coming up here on NBA Today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. All right, let's go coast to coast here and start with the team that has the best record in the NBA. It's the Portland Trailblazers. They moved to 4-0 this season following their win against the Nuggets. Amphrey Simons dropped 22 of 29 points in the third quarter, hitting six threes. Chanae, is this something that's real? Portland just off to a hot start. It's a little bit of both. There are certain teams that make me happy. The Toronto Raptors always (laughs) make me happy. The Warriors make me happy. And the Portland Trailblazers, they're one of my favorites. Anthony Simons is one of those cool stories in the league. Mm. Just a young guy that's way ahead of the curve when it comes to his game. Dame had 31. Jeremy Grant is a great addition. I love you, Portland. Let's take it across the coast. And the Thorns. Knicks Uh-oh. between they're beating the Magic in the Garden. New York improved to 2-0 at home. So, Matt, that's their best home start in 10 years. What do you like? New York stand-up. No, it's, it's <laughs> Bing bong. No, you know, no. I just love what Tibbs has these guys in the, in the top 10 defensively and offensively. They're guarding the three-point line, second best in the league. And Brunson's at about 18-7. And he's shooting 43% from the three-point line. So, let's not get too excited, but they're off to a good start. Right. I mean, you, you got to like it a little bit, and I'm sure the folks in the garden are loving this. We will see where it all ends up averaging out. All right, moving on. Last year's top seed in the East. They're off to a little bit of a rough start. The Heat, they lost to the Raptors. They fell to 1-3 on the season. Miami was outscored 27-14 to 14 nice. in the fourth quarter. Matt, what is your level of concern here for Miami? Not too much. This is a veteran-led le- uh, team. Mm-hmm. You know, Spo will have these guys ready when it counts. My concern over there is Oladipo. There's some rumblings, and I'm wondering if this is going to be an issue moving forward. But um, outside of that, I don't really see this being too much of an issue. It's just early for this team. Right, not beginning this trip with the Miami. Miami Heat, so we'll keep an eye on that. All right, let's head over to the Bulls. They handed the Celtics their first loss after a 3-0 start. Boston, they led by as many as 19 before Chicago stormed all the way back. Head coach Joe Mazzula, Grant Williams, they were both ejected along the way. So, Chanae, was this more about the Celtics or the Bulls? This was not about what the Celtics did wrong. It's about what the Bulls did right. Okay. DeMar has started off exactly where he left things, you know, come February, March with his MVP case. Like, he's putting up production. Vucevic, big Vooch went crazy. Let me get the numbers right. I believe it was what? 18 points, 23 rebounds, five assists. For a team that has dealt with injuries and people have concerned, uh, you know, where they're going to be after how they started last year, you have to be really great. You have to be really excited about the output their veterans have. And so this was more about the Bulls being better. All right. We'll take that. Last but certainly not least, the Sixers. They are finally in the win column after starting 0-3. and three. They beat the Pacers by 14. They led, were led by James Harden, who was one rebound shy of a triple-double. They're on the board, y'all. So, for a little bit more on this, I want to bring back in Ramona Shelburne and Zach 
Lowe. And Ramona, I do want to start with you on this one. Did, did something change in Philly here, or was it just they needed a game to get right and this was the game for that? Uh, they needed a game to get right. Look, what's going on in Philly right, is, is Joel Embiid and James Harden are learning to play together. Thus far, it's sort of been, okay, this is a Harden possession, then this is an Embiid possession, and t- defenses are keying on that by sending two and three guys at Embiid. He actually went earlier when they sent two and three players at him. He passed and made the quick read, which then sets up the rest of the offense. If they can get that ball moving, if they can get their pace going, then they'll have something, but they're going to have to play their way into this. It's going to take some time for them to find that synergy between the two superstars. Zach, I do, though, want to show a little bit of love to the Pacers here because they've been low-key. They've had some guys that have been balling. Yeah, they're frisky. The Pacers are frisky. (laughs) Tyrese Halliburton and Ben Matherin are are a really fun young backcourt, but look, Ramona handled the offense. I'll take the defense. The Sixers need to decide, do we care about transition defense at all? They've been the worst transition (laughs) defense team in the NBA so far this season, and it's frankly embarrassing. If you look up their transition defense numbers, your computer might burst into flames. Do (laughs) not do it. And look, when you have Joel Embiid under the rim, a shooter in each corner, and James Harden driving to the basket, that's four dudes under the rim. Your transition defense might be bad, but look, your first step's got to be better. Your care factor's got to be better. They're getting lit up off rebounds and steals. And they're not even a good offensive rebounding team. It's not like they're crashing the glass and risking transition defense. They're 29th in offensive rebounding. This is the kind of thing that makes you wonder, how serious are these guys? Are they going to buy into building the habits over the course of the regular season? Now, look, we're four games in. I'm going to give them a pass. Joel Embiid's recovering from a summer where he was kind of rehabbing from a from a foot issue. He's playing his way into shape. He's going to be a rock on defense. We know that. But look, the Sixers haven't made the conference finals in the Embiid era. Mm. It's not like they have this postseason pedigree we can fall back on. They're just going to flip a switch. They got to decide, do we care about this stuff? Because their communication on defense has been abysmal through four games. So you're not hitting the panic button now. When are you? Uh, uh, no, not now. Look, not now. They, yeah. they get a grace period, 10, 15, 20 mm-hmm. games. I mean, the 0-3 start was problematic. Had they lost last night to Oof. another team that's in a rebuilding phase, it would have been red alarms, but red flags. But for now, let's, let's give them a few more games, and they're going to play their way, hopefully, into the team. We thought would right. win a ton of regular season games. I still think they will win a ton of regular season games. Also, have to remember they added in a lot of new rotational players mm. here. This isn't just the same team that came back. Daniel House is new. PJ Tucker, uh, this and uh, Mark uh, Devontae Harrell. Like there is a whole new set of guys that they're working into these systems there, and it's going to give them 10, 15 games before we see what they even look like. Okay, so that's happening over in the East, and coming up on NBA Today, we're going to head back over to the West. We have some highlights from the Spurs and the Timberwolves game. Uh, And I'm sure you all have seen it circulating the internet, but just in case you haven't, we're going to tell you what Carl Anthony Towns had to say about Anthony Edwards. Do not miss that. NBA Today will be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, you never know what will happen when you watch the NBA in Stephen A's world. You might see something that leaves me flabbergasted. Maybe something that makes me utterly disgusted. Either way, you're gonna have a good time. I can promise you that. Don't miss NBA in Stephen A's world. Now, excuse me. I gotta get back to Wilbur. He can't stay frozen for this long. He gets cranky. NBA in Stephen A's world debuts tomorrow night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific on ESPN2. Don't miss Stephen A and celebrity guests watching Giannis and the Bucks take on Kevin Durant and the Nets. Here on NBA Today, let's head to Timberwolves hosting the Spurs. And let's start here, Chanae Agumake, in the first quarter because Jeremy Sohan was everywhere. He's one of those fun watches in the NBA as a rook. I was like, okay, what, what shade is his hair now? And it's like a nice soft gray. Yeah, blonde gray. Seven for nine from the field in this one. But look at how aggressive he is on defense, pokes the ball out and gets the lob. Just athletic. That's what people love about him coming into the league. Brings some energy. Energy that gets you wins. Mm-hmm. Wins against one of the better teams in the West. But look at that. Extension and finish. Beautiful 14 on the night for him. Third alley-oop. And the booze would come out in Minnesota. So Minnesota fans clearly not too pleased. Spurs win 115-106. Here's Chris Finch after the game. They just outpunked us in every way possible. You know, outran us, outcompeted us, outphysicaled us. Uh, it was, you know, it's ugly and unacceptable. Uh, you know, all credit to them. They kicked their ass and we felt it. All I got to say is we're not going to show up on Wednesday. <laughs> we're not coming. You, know, you take your chips off the table in Vegas, you know, and we're not coming. Uh, Matt, I think, I think Pop's enjoying this early part of the Absolutely. season. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of young guys on this team when there's not too many expectations. But you know one thing about Pop's teams, they're always going to play hard. They're always going to be prepared. And, and they're getting wins early in the season. You know, and it's also the the, the must-hear. Pop always is the must-hear post-game. Classic. Him and uh, Belichick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but Carl Anthony Towns, he had some interesting comments after the game. Take a listen. Maybe I could do a better job of teaching him how to take care of his body, you know, diet and everything. So that'll be on me. Um, I know y'all think it's funny up here when he talks about Popeyes and all that. You know that that doesn't that doesn't make me happy to hear. You know, we're high-level athletes, so. Um, so that was Kat talking about Anthony uh, Edwards. Uh, I do want to bring in Kendrick Perkins into this conversation because, Perk, were you surprised to see him say these things on the podium? I am, and it's unacceptable. Um, I, I think, you know, as Kat continued to grow in the leadership role, he can't do those type of things. You know, that's a conversation that you got to have behind closed doors. You know, what Kat should have came up and said is that I have to be better. I have to be better in the pick and roll defense. I have to get back in transition. You know, what Anthony Edwards did for us is struggling. Look, this young guy is young. He's very confident, and he's going to continue to find his way. But Cat have to remember, Kevin Garnett was one of his veteran leaders. He didn't air him out publicly, and I know he had some things that he had to clean up. Hell, he had to wait, uh, work on him, himself getting in shape and learning how to diet and do nutrition. So, I don't like this that that interview that Cat did. I think it was weak. 
I think he needs to reevaluate himself first. And then, you know, it's a learning process for us, his leadership skills. Yeah, I mean, I think Perk hit it on the head. This is a conversation you have with him one-on-one, not to the me, especially when it doesn't pertain about basketball. You know, this kid is young, he's a stallion, he can eat what he wants, all that healthy eating, eh, I agree with it, but not so much when you're young. This is, to me, more about, I think there's a new sheriff in town, and I'm hopefully this is, I'm reading this completely wrong, but Anthony Edwards is gonna be the man on this team, whether it be the end of this year or by next year. I love Cat and what he's been able to do, but you've seen he's been able to get up to get it so far. Anthony Edwards is the guy that can take them to the next level. So I'm wondering, is Cat kind of feeling that Ant is coming and, and it's going to be Ant's team soon? So to me, that's more I'm not really worried about right now. I'm just worried about long term, like whose team hmm. is this going to be? And it looks like it possibly could be some friction when it comes to whose team it's going to be. Yeah, and in this modern age of basketball, it's hard to lead from the center position, especially when you're young and there are a lot of dynamics on that team with the power and, and how they're going to be their best selves. And I've just like, I, I kind of, you have to sometimes keep things out of that telescopic view and you want to be microscopic, like every game matters, but this is a tough stretch for the Timberwolves. They've had three games in four days and you probably look at this big picture and you're like, okay, against the Jazz, against the Thunder, against the Spurs, these are all must-win games if we're trying to prove ourselves as real contenders in the West. And they dropped two out of those three, so I know that there's frustrations, but it's never great to air out a teammate, even if you're joking. Some teammates don't like jokes <laughs> or don't like, you know, right. to be called out in public. And like Matt said, like, mm-hmm. we all know we went through the first few years in the league of eating what we wanted. And then the league humbles you at some point. Right. That comes around five years, yeah. eight years into the league. And then you realize, hey, the advantage that I have is by taking care of my body and my nutrition, not trying to force people to your timeline because that's where you are in the league in that moment. <laughs> that's still a problem for me. But also, this is the first time there's been real expectations on this team in a long time. Exactly. You know, since probably since Kevin Garnett has been mm. there. So I mean, maybe they're feeling just a little bit of the pressure because they do have a you know the best roster they've had in a long time, being able to add Gobert and what he brings to this team. So I think they're feeling a little bit of that squeeze too. Like we're supposed to be better than this, but again, it's still early. But I like that. Mm-hmm. I kind of yeah. like that, right? I like the fact that maybe they yep. air these things out at this point in the season. Hey, we care this much i made a mistake in saying this but right. let's keep it pushing please right. air it out but air, to me air yeah inside in the locker room it's one of those things that if you guys if, if folks had said it to each other in the locker room and then it makes Perfectly its fine. way sometimes that we sometimes we we see that happen but in terms of the mm-hmm. scale of big deal to little deal to no deal this and, kind of skews and also like as vets what we deal. what do we do like whenever i have a young rookie that says i need to eat better it's like oh i've got this chef that right. helps me meal prep and it's like uh, let me throw you a couple meals I'm like free food i Bro, got keep it eating well, your popeyes and cheeseburgers and keep dunking You'll be all right. Right, but 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 here's the thing, though. Anthony Edwards been doing this since he came into the league. <laughs> right. Have been had this conversation right. with him. And then look, Ray Allen. Ray Allen. Let me applaud Ray Allen for a second. Ray Allen used to always decompress before he did post game interviews, and he would give short answers. And I said, why? He said because after losses, he was he would be so frustrated that he would need to 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 go home. Sleep it off, and then let his let him regroup and rethink things, and then he would like to go back to the next practice and answer those same questions. So it's a lot of teaching moments. And by the way, this is one thing why the Minnesota Timberwolves might just miss Pat Bell, that locker room presence that's able to bring that camaraderie and hold guys accountable inside the locker room. 
Thank you. Thank you for that perspective, Perk. Um, before we go to break today, it marks the 14 days. We're 14 to 8 days out from the election where local, state, and federal offices will be on the ballot. And this season, the NBA family is encouraging fans to use their voice and make a game plan to vote on or before Election Day, which is Tuesday, November 8th. For more resources and information about the options available to you in your state, visit NBA.com backslash elections or download the NBA app. Still to come on NBA Today, new L.A. Sparks head coach Kurt Miller. He joins the show. Find out why he chose to leave Connecticut for Los Angeles. More NBA Today. Sounds familiar. (laughs) NBA Today is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Somebody has something to say. Please step up to the mic. Carolina, am I good? You are good. Go ahead. What's going on out there? No let up. Put on the gas. Be solid. Let's go. Compete. Come on. Walk in. Get up. Get up. Needed to wear the police hat in here for a second. Three times to be a call foul. Zero. Three times. I want to. I want to bet. Hey, I love it. I love it. You guys. We are now joined by the new Los Angeles Sparks head coach and two-time WNBA Coach of the Year, Kurt Miller. Kurt, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on NBA Today. So happy to be here. You're, you're coming off of a season where you led the Sun to the WNBA Finals. Why did you decide that this is the time that you wanted to make this move? You know, there, there wasn't one thing, but mm. uh, certainly in 2015 when I began my pro career here as an assistant in L.A., yeah. Such fond memories. Uh, walked into a star-studded team my first year in the WNBA. Candace Parker, NECA, Christy Tolliver, Elena Beard. You know, such a special time here in L.A. And I said, if I ever had an opportunity and the job opened, it would be really, really difficult to turn down. Mm. And just perfect timing. And, uh, you know, bittersweet to leave a franchise that has meant so much to me and we've poured so much into that and the the success that we've had over the seven years. There's some symmetry though in the Sparks team and the team you took over in Connecticut. LA missed the playoffs the last two seasons and is in the midst of an off-season rebuild. I want to show you some of the the key free agent players from the last years. Free agents including NECA, Chenea Gumake, who you've actually coached previously. So what is your top priority in this off-season? Yes, yeah, certainly, you know, NECA, it all starts with NECA, mm. right? She's the, the face of the organization. And then free agency and yeah. the balance that we have to, this is a destination location for players in this league. So a combination of veterans, bringing veteran free agents in, but also building with a young youth so we can sustain success. That's the goal of a coach is not only to win and win big, but be able to sustain it. I know somewhere Chinego McKay is, is nodding at yes, it all starts with NECA. What makes her so special? Leadership. Mm. Is there a better leader? Uh, just tremendous. Uh, you know, leads the, leads the PA and, and the Players Association, yeah. takes on so much more than what is on the court. But, uh, you know, such a great leader, and, and it starts with her. Yeah, and she has been so vocal as well in Brittany Griner's situation and calling for her release from her detainment in Russia. What do you think at this point the WNBA's role is is ensuring Brittany Griner comes back to the United States safely? Top of mind, 
you know, the more we keep her top of mind, everybody talking about it, we need our sister home. She means so much to our league, but she is bigger than that. And anyone that's interacted with her is hearing her story, but she's impacted so many of us. Uh, one brief conversation, my first main interaction with USA Basketball with her, we were at an airport together, was lasting impression on me. Brittany Griner's special, We Need Her Home. Kurt, thank you so much for your time and for stopping by NBA Today, and best of luck this WNBA season. Thank you. Tip off your weekend with our NBA Friday doubleheader, Bradley Beal and the Wizards. They host the Pacers in our first game at 7.30 Eastern. Then the Pelicans, they're in Phoenix to take on the Suns. Our coverage begins with NBA Countdown at 7 on ESPN and the app. So, have you all been paying attention to what Paolo Bencaro has been doing to start off his career here? Despite the Magic falling to 0-4, the number one pick scored 21 points in the team's loss to the Knicks. This marks the fourth straight game that Paolo has scored 20 plus points to kick off the season. Ben Caro became just the ninth player in NBA history to score 20 points in each of his first four career games. The first one since Grant Hill did it in 1994. And look at this list. Six of the previous eight to do it, they are all in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Company. It's wild. Matt, what do you Company. make of his start here? Uh, first of all, I don't know if you guys remember, I don't know if we have the clip, but I said he was the number one pick in the draft. So <laughs> I just that out there. Uh, but we'll also, give you flowers. Don't worry about it. But also mentioned he's the first teenager in the history of the mm. game to score his first four games to be 20-plus points. I just think this guy is super skilled. I've been watching him for a long time. You know, Jamal Crawford and those guys out in Seattle are like, hey, there's this kid coming. And he continues to get bigger and stronger. And I just think his versatility, the way he handles the ball like a guard, he's got mid-range, he's got deep, he's going to continue to learn the post-game. Explosive. Um, they have a good one. Obviously, it hasn't translated into wins yet. Right. But, you know, I like their young core over there, and, and they're doing a good job. Park? And he's not going to stop. And since we pulling up receipts, let me pull up mine. Because I remember <laughs> on draft night, when I was doing my draft comparison, I, could, I, I said he's a combination of Ben Simmons and Michael Ble Beasley. And I get it, right? He's not left-handed. But when you talk about his skill set and being able to create his shot and having those turnarounds over both shoulders and his brute strength and power of attacking the basket, like... This kid is special, and he's going to continue Ooh. to grow. He's going to continue to dominate. I mean, he just have everything in him. You talk about, what, 6'10", 250? Strong. I mean, with that skill set, he's going to continue to get better. Absolutely. And speaking of rookies, coming up on NBA Today, Jabari Smith Jr., he had a good game last night, but he also had a confrontation with Jalen Green. NBA Today will be back in 60 seconds. I'm trying to be like EG. I'm bothered. <laughs> Tonight on SportsCenter at 6 Eastern, Tom Brady takes the mic with the Bucks mindset for Thursday night's showdown against Lamar and the Ravens. Plus, new comments from Aaron Rodgers ahead of five games that could make or break the Packers' season. And Kirk Herbstreit delivers his top playoff contenders just one week before the first college football playoff rankings are released. SportsCenter, 6 Eastern on ESPN. So... In this game, Jabari Smith Jr., he had 21 points against the Utah Jazz. But take a look at this. And, and keep an eye on Eric Gordon here in the corner. Um, he said, I'm not getting the of these young not boys. Not too phased. Yeah, I'm not getting the of these young boys. Let them figure it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like the human definition of, I'm too old for this. Right. I'm too old for this. Yeah, but 
He, he knew they wasn't going to do nothing, man. That wasn't <laughs> nothing but a little, little box. But I like it, though. I yeah, like it, though. You agreed. know why? Because it shows passion. It shows that, that they give a damn about winning. So I like those two young guys going in. And look, they both had great nights last night. And look, all this, the win, yep. it canceled out all this noise. Yep. Look at Coach Luke. Yeah, Shout out to the, the, uh, the OG, Coach John Lucas. I, 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 I agree, Perk. You know, this is a young team trying to find themselves, so there ain't nothing wrong with a little talking back and forth. But what I, I will say is I think Eric Gordon Eric Gordon's going to be a big pickup um, come trade time for a contender. Uh, I talked to him this offseason. He didn't mm -hmm. know if he was going to be there. He's there now, but I have a feeling he's still, uh, you know, could still got a, a, a lot of value in him, and he's going to be a good pickup for somebody. NBA Twitter, we see you. But, you know, that's his personality. That's he his chill. personality. I shared the locker room with him. EG just laid back. Yep. Mm. I saw chill. a lot of Lakers fans saying, EG, we see you. <laughs> they need to see more than him. <laughs> so, Big facts. So we have a doubleheader. <laughs> so we have a doubleheader tonight on TNT. What, what are you most excited for today? Honestly, I'm excited because my dad and my sister are in town. So, oh, Neck is in town. All right. We'll we talked about we'll her. So, I'm going to see you right after the show. We'll hey, Neck. Pass on, you don't have to watch both of the doubleheaders. You can just watch the defending champs. That, that, that's not that good. Works. All right. I'll that take works. the first game. And I'll watch my sister's right. highlight. Yeah. See? Uh, there you there go. You go. Yeah. I that's going to that do coming. it for us here on NBA Perk, they got Today. Some kind of connection here. Perk, they be trying oh, to leave us telepathy. out to dry, man. It's we crazy. will see you tomorrow. NFL Live is coming up next.